for joining me. Um, I was fact-checking myself over this, um, the issues with the uranium all over the place, and um, yeah, well, it is true. Um, nuclear power plants are not designed to enrich, enrich uranium for weapons. The purpose of a nuclear power plant is to generate electricity, not to provide, not to produce weapons-grade uranium. However, so I'm standing by what I said yesterday. However, the technology used to enrich uranium for nuclear fuel can also be used to produce highly enriched uranium suitable for nuclear weapons. Nuclear power plants are subject to strict regulations and oversight by national and international organizations to ensure that they operate safely and transparently. These organizations work to prevent the misuse of nuclear technology and materials for non-peaceful purposes. <coughs> well, my question to you is, do you trust these people to oversee any of this, okay? Because, yes, it is true, I went through all of the data again to make sure that I had it straight because it appears to me that this is a really, really clever trick of something that is, in fact, hiding in plain sight, right? <laughs> and it begs the question, why are they installing these things all over the world? So, so anyway, so today I'm going to be talking about um, some more details that I have about these power plants. There was just there's just a lot to understand. So I will give you just a couple of key words to look for yourself um, because I have a better understanding of who were some of the largest producers of these nuclear plants. And then we get to the really huge issue. Where are they storing this stuff? What's going on with nuclear waste? Well, hang on to your hats. It's a big one. <laughs> um, so first, let me play this clip as far as um, where do we store nuclear waste? <laughs> surprise, surprise, news alert. There is really not a big plan, but I'll get back to what I have to say about it after this clip. It is where do we store nuclear waste? Okay, here we go. Welcome to DNews and thanks for tuning in. I'm Trace. Nuclear energy is controversial to say the least. Those who are for it say that it can provide relatively cheap, safe, and clean energy. Those against it point to expensive plants and fuels, plus the storage of the spent waste. Then, when accidents do happen, they're visible, devastating, and deadly. So nuclear's got a lot going on. Regardless of whether you're for or against it, everyone can agree nuclear waste is a troubling issue. Recently, at the Waste Isolation Pilot Plant, or WIP, in New Mexico, a radiation alarm went off. Someone screwed up. Fifteen years ago, WIP became the first and only permanent geologic nuclear waste storage facility in the country. But now, The Verge is reporting substandard city litter might bring the whole place down. Back in February, part of the place had to be shut down. The air vents were permanently blocked with high-density expanding foam, and people were evacuated. The problem was kitty litter. Someone packed nuclear material in organic kitty litter which is made of wheat or corn, rather than the inorganic type that they almost always use. That tiny 
change caused one of the waste barrels to burst, releasing radiation and setting off alarms. I didn't realize they packed nuclear waste in kitty litter. When you hear nuclear waste, you probably picture a soupy, glowing green liquid like you see in The Simpsons or Futurama. In real life, nuclear waste can be any number of things, from tools and parts from nuclear plants to spent uranium tool rods or pellets. Seriously, after too many wearings, even the uniforms they wear in the plant are put into nuclear waste barrels. According to the Department of Energy, the United States has 75,000 metric tons of spent nuclear fuel. The waste is stored at 122 temporary sites in 39 different states, but only WIP is and maybe was the only permanent site in history. So since we're obviously not throwing it at the sun, what the heck are we doing with this stuff? Well, there are ways to reprocess the radioactive spent fuel rods to remove plutonium for use in warheads, but due to fears about nuclear weapons proliferation, nobody really wants to do this. Another thing is to burn the waste in fast neutron or traveling waste. Sure, nobody wants to do it, right? He just admitted it right there that it could be used for <laughs> nuclear weapons, but nobody wants to do it. Right. I'm sure the psychopaths in charge don't have a, any interest in any of this stuff, right? Wave nuclear reactors. There are different kinds of plants that create energy from the remaining atoms and further reduces the final waste product. But there's still that kicker. <laughs> there's a lot of nuclear waste still at the end of the line. No matter what we do, our best option right now is called deep geological disposal. Basically, we're burying it. Though even how to do that is debated. At the moment, WIP is the best plan, but others include drilling almost two miles into the earth and leaving the stuff down there forever. And there's also an option to put it into shale or salt mines. WIP is a dry salt mine, after all. They dig down like a mine, and they dig out areas that they can keep those barrels of nuclear material in for the next um, tens of thousands of years. So which do scientists prefer? They don't know. They're not actually sure. Most are concerned with groundwater contamination, earthquakes, cave-ins, and other problems with underground excavation. At the moment, there are a few places where the conditions are just right, and they're not concerned about these things, but considering we've got 104 nuclear reactors generating waste in the U.S. alone, the problem is mounting. So what would you do with nuclear waste? Well, it sounds like quite a plan, huh? <laughs> um, this clip is from a few years ago, it is called, Where Do We Store Nuclear Waste? And right there, he said it himself, that um, this stuff could be used for <laughs> nuclear weapons. <laughs> so let me unpack this for you today, because I just had to make sure my ears were correct, okay? So, because this is a pretty big deal, and I'd like to refer you to a um, YouTube channel called Plainly Difficult, P-L-A-I-N-L-Y, Difficult, D-I-F-F-I-C-U-L-T. This person, I believe he's British, has a brilliant show, and I have learned a tremendous amount about what happens when they leave these nuclear things lying around. Like, for example, when they ship a x-ray machine to a, another country not so developed and they don't send it with instructions and stuff, <laughs> these canisters of uranium will get left around and people will discover them and all kinds of horrendous things happen. So, yeah, plainly difficult. Um, all of these radioactive things around the world, that person really has nailed them. And 
because I don't understand science, they speak my language in very simple terms. They use simple terms, very simple little graphs to say, okay, well, this is uranium-235. You know what I mean? So it, it walks you through. So I have learned a tremendous amount about the reckless disposal of these things around the world. So um, anyhow, so because most nuclear power plants use enriched uranium as fuel okay um, there are a few nuclear reactors such as the CANDU C-A-N-D-U reactor in Canada and the Magnox M-A-G-N-O-X reactor in the United Kingdom are designed to use unenriched uranium so as far as my unscientific brain can figure out, most nuclear plants use enriched uranium as fuel. Okay, so I just wanted to completely fact check this because it's pretty, um, pretty wild to see that these nuclear reactors are being set up all over the place, right? And being encouraged to set up in a lot of, um, let's say not so developed countries, okay? Um, so I was looking at some statistics to further the conversation from yesterday as far as um, what some of these countries are doing with nuclear because um, nobody, or excuse me, no one or nobody <laughs> or no person has figured out a plan to um, dispose of nuclear waste. But first let me give you a recap because I looked again at, to make sure that my eyes were reading correctly that yes these nuclear places can produce the same stuff for weapons okay and I looked up Africa only has one nuclear power plant in commercial in, see in commercial operations see this is where you got to look further okay possibly if somebody were to dig further into Africa we might find the same thing we found in Australia. They're saying in commercial operation, but are there testing nuclear power like we found in Australia? Are there other nuclear things that they're saying? And also in Africa, we have to consider that the U.S. military has bases from one end of Africa to the next. So who would know what was going on in those bases, right? And it went on to say, however, nearly a dozen other African nations have talked with the International Atomic Energy Agency, the IAEA, about formulating plans for nuclear power. Some of these countries, Egypt, I talked about them yesterday. Um, so what you want to look for is the IAEA site, and they are tracking what countries are looking into nuclear and what aren't okay and I looked at it more specifically and in Nigeria they have plans to build two power plants um, both power plants are expected to be twin reactors that will each cost around 10 billion Russia would pay for the majority of the project so Nigeria is also planning to construct four units and currently they are at a bidding phase of the nuclear power program so yeah pretty big deal. Nigeria is moving right along, okay? Um, and I talked yesterday about the 32 countries that are looking into all of this stuff, okay? More specifically, India 
currently operates, let me see here, currently operates 22 nuclear reactors. The government has said that it plans to triple its nuclear power capacity. Okay, um, Russia, um, I just tracked a few countries that were on the top list. Russia is one of the world's largest producers of nuclear energy. Um, so, according to them, the three top countries producing the most nuclear energy as of 2021, and remember, fact check everything I'm telling you, okay? Stop letting other people be your seeing eye dog. I'm a pretty weak seeing eye dog at this point, so I'm going to point out that you might look further, okay? These are what they're saying are the top three countries that are currently producing the most nuclear waste. So why am I bringing up these countries? Because if they're the three countries producing the most nuclear energy, right, they would also be the top three countries holding on to the most nuclear waste, right? Now, that's just simple logic in my brain. So what are they in order? United States is number one with 91.5, whatever this GW number means, okay? France is number two with 61, whatever this GW number means. <laughs> China is 50 with 86. So by far, okay, going through the numbers here, okay, I don't know what GW means, okay, but I can tell you that the United States at number one is 91.5, okay? France at number two is 61.3. And China, number three, is 50.8. So the United States is producing twice the nuclear generation of China, okay? So China is 50. The U.S. is 91.5. So, and so then I was looking into Saudi Arabia because I was wondering how would the um, people that, well, oil production is a scam, okay? But everybody thinks that it's all coming from Saudi Arabia, right? So I was wondering how, if the overall plan in my brain, okay, this is just what's going on in my brain. You have to figure out your own brain. <laughs> if the overall plan is to get these in all the countries, I was wondering how would they sell this to countries who already had just plenty of fuel and stuff, right? So I looked into Saudi Arabia, and I found this interesting thing. It says Saudi Arabia um, currently has no nuclear power plants. However, the country has plans to create a domestic nuclear energy industry in anticipation of high growth in domestic energy consumption. See here again, they're just going to do all this to help everybody out. So they're thinking, hey, a lot of people are going to be consuming a lot of energy. So what's their plan? Well, <laughs> the government's objective is to use nuclear plants to replace oil-fired power stations, thus freeing oil for export. Talk about evil can be packaged as hell. They say to their people, hey people, we are going to build nuclear plants because we want to give you all this money from the oil that we're going to be able to export if we can install these nuclear plants. Good idea, yes, right? Okay, good idea. One has to also ask, and I was also looking at where Russian-built nuclear reactors are, okay? Several countries, China, India, Iran, Armenia, and Belarus. 
Iran only has one nuclear. Well, you know, this just certainly flies in the face of all of these um, people yelling about how they're containing Iran's development of nuclear weapons. <laughs> because if you're containing Iran's ability to have nuclear weapons, I would think, now it's just me thinking, I'm an uneducated person here from the working class, <laughs> but I would think that one would show a little bit of concern about the fact that Iran now has one nuclear power reactor in operation, okay? <laughs> so where is all this talk about nuclear weapons? Oh, I forget, because they're not mentioning that nuclear weapons can also be done in nuclear power reactors. Iran has one nuclear power reactor operating in Bushehran, B-U-S-H-E-H-R, after many years of construction. So one nuclear power operating, okay? Construction commenced on a second large Russian-designed unit at the Bashar site on November 2019, and a third unit is planned. So then I asked it again because I was just trying to make sure, and it said, yes, the first unit of the Barsher nuclear power plant in Iran has been completed and is currently operating. Well, that just blows the whole <laughs> thing about Iran and nuclear proliferation, right? <laughs> so anyway, so enough of that. Um, then I started looking at nuclear waste, okay? I can't remember. Did I play this clip about nuclear waste? Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, nuclear waste. Now, remember, no one has any nuclear waste plans, okay? They talk about things that can be done, okay? Nuclear waste. Let me see if that dog stops. Give me a minute. They hear me over here. Um, okay, nuclear waste can be stored in several ways. It can be stored in the medium or long term, and that means 20 to 60 years, okay, in spent fuel pools. So they have one method, which is putting things into pools, okay, like swimming pools, right? <clears throat> highly exposed to a lot of things, okay, when you put just contaminated water that's in a pool, right? And if you wonder why I would be saying this, go look at my show about the, let me wait here a second. Go listen to my show about Marshall Islands. How did they dispose of the uranium there? Well, <laughs> instead of, they picked a spot, um, it's called, um, the dome. The dome Marshall Islands will get you to the place, okay? They picked a spot to dispose of the um, all the uranium there, okay? What did they do? Well, they tricked a bunch of U.S. soldiers into a highly dangerous environment, which all of them ended up getting pretty much cancer afterwards, but they tricked them into going and cleaning it up. And the cleanup was that um, they poured all this stuff into this uh, hole on the sand, 
So, and then poured the top of that with cement. Well, one would have thought you would have poured the cement on the sand before you poured in all the radioactive materials and then capped it on the top with the cement, right? But th they left off that step. And so now it's leaking on the water. So that's the only real known site that they made any real effort in, okay? So that's what's called, so they, they put them in these pools, okay? Or they also have dry containers, these barrels you'll see sitting around. Or individualized temporary warehouses, okay? But basically, I think you'll find, and here again, I encourage you to um, look for yourself. Basically, it appears to me that... Um, because it says that in the U.S., for example, all of the nuclear waste that a power plant generates in its entire lifetime is stored on-site in dry casks, okay? A permanent disposal site for used nuclear fuel has been planned for Yucca Mountain, Nevada since 1987, but political issues keep it from becoming a reality. So they're also looking at looking at, remember, and these, these things are all over the place, right? Nuclear reactors. So they're storing this stuff in dry storage in basically, um, I don't know. Um, and remember, when one of these dry storages or something leaks, all of these facilities are on our waterways, okay? <laughs> so the reason they have nuclear places on waterways is to cool the cool the contaminated materials using water, okay? So that's why you find them on waterways, just as a simple explanation, okay? So there's a lot to taking it from the storage into another kind of storage to protect it. And so they go from the storage from the facility, let's say they got all this nuclear waste, right? First it goes into, and this is how I understand it, okay? First it goes into one of these pools, okay? These pools then regulate the heat and stuff in this nuclear stuff. Then from the pool, it goes into these dry containers, okay? Now, if you can find anything that's safe about any of this stuff, please let me know because none of it is safe. And what they're also looking into is this deep geological stuff, okay? Um... Looking into is the key word here, right? Um, deep geological disposal is the preferred option for nuclear waste management in most countries, including Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Canada, Czech Republic, Finland, France, Japan, the Netherlands, Republic of Korea, Russia, Spain, <coughs> Sweden, Switzerland, the UK, and the USA. <coughs> now, the only one, the only country that is working on the disposable stuff is Finland, okay? <clears throat> Finland is currently constructing a permanent repository. So, um, almost all countries with commercial nuclear power production are planning to isolate the waste byproduct of their nuclear fuel cycle in a deep geological repository. <laughs> for example, Belgium's Agency for Radioactive Waste and Enriched Fissile Materials is responsible for the management of all 
radioactive waste in Belgium. Okay, that is Belgium's Agency for Radioactive Waste and Enriched Fissile Materials. Okay, their mission is to protect the public and the environment from any potential hazards of radioactive waste. Their mission. Their mission, right? <laughs> does that make you sleep? <laughs> does it? Does it? <laughs> I was basically looking around for their uh, mission statements, and I picked some countries. So of course, I picked Belgium, right? See, they're doing a lot of thinking about this stuff, right? So I thought it was interesting that their nuclear agency made this statement that they're thinking about it, right? Okay, nuclear waste can remain hazardous for tens of thousands of years. Some isotopes decay in hours or even minutes, but others decay very slowly. Now, I'm not going to give you all of this data, but what we're looking at are so many years that... Um, Ah, this one plutonium is like 24,000 years. <laughs> and here again, what I said is in fact true. There are two acceptable storage methods for spent fuel after it is removed from the reactor core. Spent fuel pools and dry casket storage. Okay, so then from there... It goes, what happens is, is that spent fuel pools are specially designed pools at individual reactor sites around the country where most spent nuclear fuel is safely stored. <laughs> Dry casket storage allows spent fuel that has already been cooled in the spent fuel pool for at least one year to be surrounded by inert gas inside a container called a cask, C-A-S-K. -A, a dry cask is a method of storing high-level radioactive waste such as spent nuclear fuel that has already been cooled for one year and often as much as 10 years. So it has to stay in this pool for one to 10 years. Casks are typically steel cylinders that are either welded or bolted closed. The fuel rods inside are surrounded by inert, I-N-E-R-T, gas. The steel cylinder provides leak-tight confinement of the spent fuel. Each cylinder is surrounded by additional steel, concrete, and other materials to provide radiation shielding to workers and members of the public. Although all countries with commercial nuclear power production are planning... <laughs> okay, I already talked about that. Finland, okay. Okay, then I pulled up a couple stories because I think people around the country should have their little pitchforks out and be talking about this, okay? Um, because for over half a century, Connecticut's Millstone Nuclear Power Plant has played host to the spent uranium fuel provided to power its three reactors. According to federal regulators, it will be at least another decade until that radioactive fuel has anywhere else to go. 
Earlier this week, the Department of Energy released its newest roadmap for developing a temporary solution for storing the nation's spent nuclear fuel, a process the agency now says will take between 10 and 15 years to complete. Did you hear that right? What I did was I just did a, just go in your search bar, type nuclear, <laughs> check the news, okay? I just check the news every so often, like, I don't know, whatever I remember, right? So I remember today when I was looking at this, and I checked the news and came up with this article from Connecticut, right? So um, what this is saying is that they've had this for over half a century, this spent uranium fuel in Connecticut, right? And um, it is developing a temporary solution the, the whole United States, okay, that's where I came up with this quote from the Department of Energy. That's why I always scan these local articles, okay. So the Department of Energy in the United States released its newest roadmap. And remember, this article is from like just recently, okay, because I scanned by time frames, I would say in the last week or two, okay. So their roadmap, okay, from the Department of Energy to, is developing a temporary solution, a process the agency now says will take between, so they're saying that they're going to come up with a temporary solution, and that temporary solution will take 10 to 15 years to complete. And what will happen is several generations of politicians will change hands and everybody will blame the last guy, okay? So there was this article that I found um, that was pretty interesting from San Francisco. It said, let's face it, we were just spinning our wheels with Yucca Mountain. Yucca Mountain is a place they were plotting to store in Nevada. Okay. Yucca Mountain, just type that in and you'll find all of these controversies. Okay, let's face it, we were just spinning our wheels with Yucca Mountain, Courtney said Friday referring to the proposed long-term storage location in Nevada that has stalled in the face of overwhelming local opposition. In the meantime, over 70 communities at great expense and really at great risk are really just having this material pile up without any purpose-built facilities to handle spent nuclear waste operators of U.S. nuclear power plants have been forced to store their spent fuel rods on site in giant fuel pools or in dry concrete casts. And here, this backs up, I have said this for years, psychopaths are the worst <laughs> long-term planners, okay? But then a lot of this is also part of the plan, not the bug in the system. So there's also that, okay? The federal government's current efforts as outlined in the DOE's new timeline focus on identifying one or more communities that are willing to volunteer to host an interim storage facility that will offload fuel rods from existing sites and hold that fuel until a permit storage is eventually identified and built. By involving local officials early in the site selection process, federal officials are hoping to avoid the kind of stalemate that has occurred at Yucca Mountain. 
prioritizing constructive community-based input around consent-based solutions has shaped our roadmap for advancing our nation's spent nuclear fuel management, says Assistant Secretary, said a statement on Tuesday. This process deepens our commitment to transparency and equity and moves us closer to our clean energy future. We'll see what they did was this Yucca Mountain thing, I'm not going to get into it today because information is so easy to find. But anyway, over huge public backlash, they were forced to stop. Well, this whole eugenics program going on is all about either normally they don't, they lie about our consent and don't give us a chance to consent to things. Or when they ca get caught, they come up with plans and lies and agencies to hide behind to give the impression that they're looking out for our interests, right? So for every time they get caught doing something, they now have these agencies to say, well, that's really not how it's working for these reasons here, right? So, <clears throat> so um, I can't remember if I read that right. Yeah, so over the next two, three years, they plan on informing communities, right? Um, so, um, and this was about that article about Millstone. So it says, in addition to Millstone, is also home to a repository of spent nuclear fuel at the site of former Connecticut Yankee Power Plant in Haydam, which was decommissioned in 1996. Yeah, this is something that if you live anywhere on this planet right now, I, I'm only giving you an overview, okay? <clears throat> because these things are, the only trick you're looking for is you're looking for, are there any, <clears throat> like universities that might have nuclear facilities, right? Are there any um, places like they have in Australia that might be hiding there as nuclear facilities, right? There's only a couple, three you gotta scan through, okay? Uh, because what they're trying to do right now is get community support for these things. Um, so uh, this person, to finish up this article, said that he would be dumbfounded if any locations in New England were considered as a possible interim storage site due to the region's geology and proximity to water. Well, <laughs> uh, all of it is in proximity to water, kids. All of it, okay? That is the plan. Um, just to be fair, last year the governor, where is the governor? Oh, Connecticut signed legislation to partially lift the state's decades-old moratorium on the expansion of nuclear power. The law would allow additional reactors to be built at Millstone, which currently supplied 40% of the state's electricity through its two operations. <laughs> so on one hand, they're saying, oh, this is horrible. On the other hand, they're saying, oh, yeah, let me sign that bill and uh, lift old moratoriums and expand more nuclear power. Environmentalists, environmentalists, meanwhile, have criticized the approach, arguing it would be costlier and more hazardous than developing other forms of carbon-free electricity, such as wind and solar. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, then now let's get into the money, okay? This was April 25th, 2023. We are right now April the 30th, 2023 article titled U.S. Plan for Nuclear Waste Storage Would Boost Equity and Funding. <laughs> the talk about them thinking, thinking, thinky, thinky, right, about um, taking care of nuclear waste 
from that first article I was reading you right they're telling people hey we're thinking about it right first we're going to go temporary then we're going to go long term so that thinking about it has drawn out the money vultures I could not be making this up if I spent the rest of my life okay the energy department is moving forward on citing at least one temporary nuclear excuse me what's that word Okay, the, the title is Nuclear Energy Officials Want to Find One or More Sites. Political Gridlock Has Mired Waste Permitting. Okay, because remember, out of Palestine, Ohio, what came out of that deal was people's awareness because when the EPA was going to ship all that toxic water and dirt from Palestine, Ohio, to other sites, People of those other sites became alarmed. Well, people of those other sites should understand that stuff has been going on for a long time, right? We just became aware when it was one particular thing going on. So never fall back into a state of slumber, okay? So, yeah, so um, the Energy Department is moving forward on at least one temporary nuclear waste storage facility betting that a focus on partnering directly with local communities will break decades-long gridlock on finding a home for nuclear waste. Whew. This stuff is just way out of control. Okay, so the department aims to find volunteers to host the interim facilities through a revamped sitting process. And that's what threw me off. It's called F-I-T-I-N-G process. It must be some process that the department uses. According to a new strategy shared with Bloomberg, okay, and this was, this was in 2023, okay. <laughs> I keep having to look at the dates and thinking, what? The, the department is also offering 26 million to universities, governments, nonprofits, and other entities to assist communities interested in pursuing the sitting process. The awardees will be announced in May or early June from an application process that closed in January of 2023. So right now they're looking at interim facilities. Okay, and it said prioritizing constructive community-based input around consent-based solutions has shaped our roadmap for advancing our nation's spent nuclear fuel management, says Kathy Huff the department's assistant secretary for nuclear energy said in a statement, this process deepens our commitment to transparency and moves us closer to our clean energy future. The sitting process aims to get the green light from local communities before developing a site to store the nation's spent nuclear fuel and high level radioactive waste rather than a top-down sitting decision that has rankled state and local officials in the past. In 1987, Congress designated Yucca Mountain, about 90 miles northwest of Las Vegas, as the sole perm permanent U.S. burial site. Nevada politicians and local communities largely opposed Yucca Mountain, and it's never been licensed. Government indecision on finding a centralized nuclear waste storage facility has forced operators to store 
some 86,000 or 100,000 metric tons of nuclear waste at 75 nuclear power plants in 33 states, according to a government accountability office. So nuclear waste is being stored at 75 <laughs> nuclear power plants in 33 states. The country's nuclear waste is projected to grow by another 2,000 metric tons each year, and the government has paid reactor owners about $9 billion for storage, the GAO found at the time. The department's consent-based siting strategy focuses on temporary waste storage, with current law requiring a permanent repository to be found before a temporary site can be approved. So what they're saying is they pass some law that before they look for the temporary, they have to find the permanent. Okay. The agency isn't looking for volunteers at this stage in the process. An interim storage facility would allow for the removal of spent nuclear fuel from reactor sites until a final disposal pathway is determined, officials said in the strategy. The department announced in November 2021, and right now we're in April 2023, that it would take another look at its strategy after an initial plan in 2017 didn't lead to any new sites. It received hundreds of pages of public comments from tribes, states, local governments, and advocacy groups. Those who have been involved in U.S. efforts to locate a site for nuclear waste are skeptical or cautiously optimistic of the Energy Department's pledges, pointing to past promises and subsequent failures. The revised approach the Department plans to announce Tuesday pledged to put a greater emphasis on equity and environmental justice. <laughs> yeah, these people promising, what they said was pledge to put a greater emphasis. They didn't say they're going to do it, right? An emphasis. Yeah, I could say a lot of things, right? Public comments underscore the need to build trust between communities and DOE, that's the Department of Energy, to ensure fairness in the stakeholder engagement process as a matter of procedural justice, acknowledge historical harms to disadvantaged communities, and prevent any targeting of underserved and vulnerable communities going forward, the strategy says. You mean like all those people, like those Indian tribes and stuff that they went in and <laughs> mined for uranium with and stuff and blew apart? Those, those people they're ensuring they're going to take care of? Okay. Those were the same people that all those... Um, toxic trailers that got dumped on New Orleans that they spent billions of dollars on, those toxic trailers got dumped on the same people in those Indian reservations, but now they're pledging that <laughs> they're going to get this straight. Okay. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. Ever notice there's always a tint to these... Everybody has a little bit of a color to their skin, right? But I think they have most of us white working class people and the lumped in the same category, but it does. It, it hasn't it hasn't failed my attention, the um, effort to raise money and put all these nuclear power plants in countries with people with darker skin has certainly drawn my attention, right? 
I mean, this is about eugenics, right? And the dark-skinned people seem to be on a low level with us working-class people. It's just something I'm pointing out. So, And here's, here's this letter that just proves how selfish everybody can be, right? There was a, this article, and there was a letter to the editor, okay? The, art, the, letter, the letter to the editor had been about the need for more nuclear power, okay? And this was what the comment said. I agree with a recent letter to the editor about the need for nuclear power. May I suggest Elko, Nevada for storage of nuclear waste? Have you been there? Hundreds of miles of nothing but dirt and very few people north and east of town. We could store a lot of waste out there at no risk to anything but jackrabbits. I hope our governor reads this. Larry, editor's note. The good folks of Elko, Nevada, population 20,500, might have something to say about that. <laughs> well, I think what, what is missing in that comment, just to be fair here, is that it's not a matter of just dumping it somewhere and where can they dump this stuff. It really becomes a matter of should this stuff be going on, right? And really, um, what, is the, what is the purpose of all this, right? Why? What is the purpose of these plants? They're saying that in some places, they're saying that some, in some places that it's providing between 10 and 20% of the electricity, right? So even, even if electricity is true, right? Even if they're providing, let's say 15% of a country's electricity thing. For these people who worry about every single penny, these same people are willing to take a long shot on some nuclear at a hundred times the cost of anything into the billions very risky production all that they are willing to do all this and put these these things all around us one has to wonder all of that for a increase in like what 10 percent of electricity does that make any sense i mean these things dig into it further for yourself these things cost billions of dollars and take tons and tons and tons of years so it just does not add up to me to be anything but these things have got to be getting planned to be some sort of right out in the open kind of weapon right i mean how else can you explain it okay just you explain to me for all these billions of dollars these same people are willing to invest in these risky nuclear facilities it can't be, it can't be to save the rest of us money, okay? That just doesn't add up in my brain, okay? If, if that is so that we can all have lower energy bills, that doesn't add up. It just, it just doesn't add up for a second in my eyes. So anyways, be safe out there. Goodbye for now. This song is called, um, let me see here, by a group named Kansas. It's called Dust in the Wind. I thought it was appropriate for today. So be safe out there, kids, and I will chat with you soon. So just be thinking about it. What exactly is the plan here with these nuclear facilities, right? It, it seems to be it's looking like the next big gold rush after the crypto world, right? So...
If you were an evil mastermind and you said, where could I put nuclear waste that would really scare the bejesus out of people? It's hard to think of one that's worse than San Onofre Nuclear Generating Station. This is the San Onofre Nuclear Generating Station, just outside of San Clemente, California. It's been closed since 2013, but its operators are struggling with a problem that most plants in America share. All the spent nuclear fuel it ever generated is still trapped, right here. So the thing you notice immediately about this plant is its location. You've got the Pacific Ocean right there. You've got the Interstate 5 freeway just over that hill. You've got LA and San Diego within 75 miles and 8.5 million people living in the area. And smack dab in the center of it all is tons and tons of nuclear waste. Back when it was running, the San Onofre plant could power 1.4 million homes at a time. But now the reactors are retired and the plant's operator, Southern California Edison, is preparing to dismantle it completely. So to see this whole multi-billion dollar process firsthand, we took a tour of the power plant. Our guide is Ron Pontus, manager of environmental decommissioning strategy. And except for all of the security, the seagulls and us, the place is pretty empty. Behind us is the uh, containment building for unit three. Uh, inside that building is the uh, uh, nuclear steam supply system, which consists of the reactor, steam generators, pressurizer, and reactor coolant pumps. That's where the fuel would normally go. Bundles of hollow metal rods that are packed with little pellets of uranium. Inside the reactor, uranium atoms split apart in a chain reaction that produces heat. That's where the heat is generated, that, uh, that is uh, transmitted to the steam generators, to make steam, to turn the turbines, which makes electricity for our customers. Only, this plant hasn't produced electricity for years, ever since one of the steam generators sprung a leak. It is a done deal. SoCal Edison has gotten tired of waiting to reopen the troubled San Onofre power plant, so today the utility announced it is shutting it down for good. Now, the plant operators need to decontaminate the site, demolish the structures, and generally tear everything to the ground. First, though, they have to do something with all that fuel. Fresh fuel isn't actually all that radioactive. It gets more radioactive after it spends time in a nuclear reactor. Because that chain reaction that generates heat, it also makes other radioactive atoms like cesium-137, strontium-90, and plutonium-239. About half of the cesium and strontium decay in 30 or so years. The plutonium? That takes longer. Like 24,000 years longer. These days, the spent fuel starts cooling off in cement-lined pools of water. After a few years, it's moved to dry storage, air-cooled steel containers inside massive concrete blocks. Eventually, they'll move all the waste into those blocks. They're lower maintenance, and they're supposed to withstand floods, earthquakes, tornadoes, airplane collisions, you name it. It requires uh, no pumps or active systems to support it. As long as we keep this inlet and outlet uh, free of any debris or blockage, this system will continue to operate. That's good because that's where the spent fuel is going to have to stay for the foreseeable future. What we are faced with here is a national problem. Every commercial plant in the states is faced with the same problem. There's no nothing to do with the fuel because the federal government's not performing. San Onofre's first reactor powered up in 1968 at the height of nuclear energy's prime 
and the height of the energy industry selling America on how safe and powerful it was. The heat output of one pound of uranium can equal the heat output of 70 tons of coal. There were promises that one day, atomic energy would be too cheap to meter, that it would power the world by the year 2000. But for all that promise, there just wasn't a solid plan for the waste. One could argue maybe we should have thought about this as a nation before we started building nuclear power plants, but by this time, the horse is already out of the barn. That's Rob Nikoleski, a reporter at the San Diego Union-Tribune who's been following the story at San Onofre for years. In short, the reason why the spent nuclear fuel stays at San Onofre is because the federal government has dropped the ball. For decades, the plan has been to bury the waste underground. The government was supposed to start accepting spent fuel in 1998, and the site it settled on was Yucca Mountain in Nevada. Nevada politicians hated that idea. Beginning this year, the story takes a new, and yes, an ugly turn, which the press and others tagged months ago, the Screw Nevada Bill. So the plan has been stuck in limbo for decades, and nuclear power companies have been suing the government for missing that deadline. Meanwhile, nuclear plants keep operating. They produce about 20% of America's electricity and 2,200 tons of waste each year. This is probably not the ideal place to store spent nuclear fuel. We would all agree on that. But while it's here, we will fulfill our obligation to manage it safely. There are a few ways out of this situation. There's, a, there's been a movement in Congress to restart Yucca Mountain. The Trump administration is in, is in favor of that. There's a, a bill that uh, is in the House. Then there's this talk about consolidated interim storage. There are two sites they've talked about there. There's even talk about moving the waste to higher ground near the plant, but farther from the sea. So there's all these different permutations out there that are basically put everything up in the air. But in the meantime, the waste is going to sit there in that concrete fuel morgue on the coast. Again, it's safe in those blocks. We stood right next to them and then even swept ourselves for radiation, just to be sure. But for people living near San Onofre, it's hard to forget about them entirely. They go on with their lives. They're, you don't see people freaking out. But on the other hand, though, it's something that hangs over their heads. We wanted to see for ourselves, so we checked out the beach that the plant sits on. We passed people fishing, walking their dogs, surfing, hanging out, like you do on any other beach that isn't next to 1,700 tons of spent nuclear fuel. I asked some of them how it feels to be living in this thing's shadow. They weren't wild about talking on camera, but they had a lot to say. There was a guy walking his dog on the beach, and he actually said that nuclear power is this incredible thing, but storing the waste at the plants is a federal mistake. Another woman was there on the beach with her family. She says she surfs here all the time, but it's still eerie when she takes a wave back to shore and she sees those twin reactor domes staring back at her. So during our tour, we weren't the only visitors to the dry storage. There were a ton of seagulls, and the plant is doing their best to keep them away. They've got plastic coyotes patrolling the dry storage, but for as long as it's there, it's probably going to be covered in seagull poop. 